So I want to just open your heart tonight to uh, understanding principles for a blessed new year. Um, you're going to have a new year whether you want one or not. It's already here. So uh, you stepped into it. Uh, you get the new year no matter what. Ready or not, here it comes. Um, but whether it's a truly blessed new year, that's a whole nother matter for you. And I want to just make sure you understand tonight, first of all, the difference between when someone says Happy New Year and the pursuit of a Happy New Year versus the pursuit of a Blessed New Year. It's incredibly important to get a hold of this because when we talk about a Blessed New Year, we're talking about a, a static spiritual state, not an emotional condition. A static spiritual state is something that has a foundation to it, it has stability to it. Um, when you talk about happiness, you're talking about something that can change on a dime and does. So I don't wish you a happy new year. I just don't. Look at somebody and say, I don't wish you a happy new year. Because when you're doing that, you're talking about, I wish you a year that's based upon how you feel emotionally and the decisions you make based on your emotions. And the outcome is based on what you actually did, based on what you felt any given moment in time. But I will, amen, bless you with a blessed new year in Jesus' name. So turn to somebody and say, I bless you with a blessed new year, one that's empowered to prosper and succeed and bear fruit and have longevity and be marked by increase. Note this, in, in the year where God is the God of the more, you can expect increase to be a common theme. Amen. Are you okay with that? Yes. So with that foundation laid tonight, the difference between a happy new year and a blessed new year, others can stop you temporarily on your march towards walking in the fullness of that blessing, but they can only do it temporarily. Only you can stop it permanently. And it's based entirely upon what you do. Turn to somebody and tell them, the kind of year you have is entirely up to you. Now, if you had a check in your mind when you said that, it's because you still believe that your blessedness or your victory is dependent upon what other people do. Now, the child of God can be blessed despite what other people do. Are you here? Despite what they do, you're going to be blessed of God. That's got to be your mindset, your mentality. In Joel 3.14, it says this, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. There are a lot of people that are between two points. You know, uh, we've made up our mind that we're not going to be between two points. Our God is the Lord and we're going to serve him. We're going to walk with him. Amen. We're going to see him do new and awesome and amazing things in our lives. But a lot of people are, are not fixed or not set yet on the things of God, established in them in such a way. And so they believe that everything else is going to determine whether they have a, a happy or a blessed new year in terms of our thinking. We're moving away from the emotional condition to the permanency of a spiritual static state. That's not based on what other people do. And I'm telling you, it's not based on what other people say. There's some people in this church that need to rise up right now and begin to say, you know what? I break the power of all those words spoken over me that held me back, that discouraged me, that tried to say I couldn't do this and I couldn't be victorious and call them things to go to the ground and die and bear no fruit in your life. It's not what other people say. 
It's what you say. Well, they said it and it came to pass. Can I tell you what really happened? They said it. You started to agree with it. Don't you agree with things that people say over you? It's not spiritual. It's not scriptural. That's the truth of the matter. It's not what they said that had power over you. It's that you subconsciously or even on purpose intentionally agreed with things that they said that violated the word of God. Look at somebody and say, it's up to you. Proverbs 13 or 19.3 from God's uh, Good News Translation, rather. Some people ruin their uh, ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. <laughs> Another translation says their own folly ruins their lives and then their heart rages against the Lord. This is a good time of the year to say, you know what, I am I am not going to be in that category this year. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, I've turned the page. You know, in other words, we... We get into folly. We make these decisions. They're based on emotions. They're based on pressure. Uh, the devil will do whatever he can to get you to do what he wants you to do, including emotional state, including pressure, opinions of people, financial pressure, setbacks, which you've got to learn to do as a child of God and say to yourself, well, if this represents the pressure in that situation, what I'm going to do is separate myself from the pressure. Yes. And I'm going to make this decision independent of the pressure that I'm feeling. And if you can't do that, it's a spiritual growth issue for you. Most of us are trained to make decisions in the heat of an emotion and trained to make a decision in that pressure. You've got to separate yourself from the pressure or you're going to continue to make stupid decisions and that folly is going to ruin your life. But when you make a decision out of emotion or under pressure, don't blame God for the results. You manufacture the results by allowing the devil to push you into a decision based on the pressure or some emotional state. Now raise your hand if you've ever done that in your life. Everybody in this room. That's one thing to do when we don't have revelation. It's one thing to do that when we don't know God and don't know His Word. Look at somebody and tell them, separate yourself from the pressure before you make the decision. What are we talking about? We're talking about choices. Your blessing, and literally every individual in this room today, is determined solely by the choices that you make. We don't like hearing that. We want to believe somewhere else it's... God and His sovereignty or them over here. But we're talking about over a pattern of lifetime, over a consistency, you know, through the months. It's what you choose that's going to set you up for that blessed life versus one that's chaotic and, and ruinous and one of defeat. Everybody in here, therefore, can have what? A blessed new year. Well, let's just skip forward a little bit. By doing what? By choosing whatever God thinks in that situation. Here's one for you. Did you know that the Bible is already blessed? Did you know that it's already anointed? It doesn't have to get anointed. It doesn't have to become supernatural. It doesn't have to develop the power to bring itself to pass. It already has that power to bring itself to pass. So all you and I need to do with our lightning fast minds 
is agree with it. And then what happens then is we do it, and that's when the power is released. Are you here? And that power to bring us up to pass then is released in your life, bringing forth what God would have in that situation. And God never has and never will do anything to you but bless your life. He's not the author of your harm. He's not the author of your pain. He's not beating up to teach you a lesson. That's old nonsense doctrine. And somebody in this church should not have that thinking anymore in their life. Your mind should be washed and renewed to the fact that God is for you, not against you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? So let me say it again. We don't have to pray that the word would become powerful and supernatural. Already is. Don't have to ask God to anoint it. Already is. It is the anointed eternal word. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will not pass away. If you want to be established in your life, fix yourself on the word of God. You will be established. Amen. You will be consistent. So all I have to do to tap the supernatural that's already on the word of God is to get into alignment with it. Now, if you're, if I'm the devil, I know that. So what I want to do is get you to come into alignment with your emotions and with the pressure that I'm putting on you. Because if you stumble onto alignment of the Word of God, something great's going to happen in your life. That's that kind of year. We are collectively going to what? Land on the already anointed Word of God. Amen. And the God of more is going to do more than you've ever seen before in our lives. Yes. Say so yeah, the God of more. But that's the decision. Amen. Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you. Life and death. I already mentioned the word of God is anointed, right? And how do you believe it's true? Are you convinced of that? Said, I believe the word is forever settled. It is true. You know, a million years from now, this scripture will still be true. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. Now, how many understand when God's pulling out the big guns of heaven and earth as witnesses against you? He means business here. In other words, I've got witnesses here that I'm saying this. Don't say I didn't say this. And don't say that I stuttered. <laughs> I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now, life and death are available. Blessing and curses are available. And then he goes and he gives you a tip. Now, choose life. Which tells you what? That you have the ability, the right, the liberty, the freedom to choose death. To choose defeat. To choose curse. And all you have to do to choose life and to choose blessing is to align yourself with the Word of God. All you have to do to choose death and curse is to align yourself opposite to what the Word of God says. Um, you're going to be so glad you've learned to walk by faith this year. I'm telling you prophetically, you're not going to pay attention to the winds out there, the storms out there. And, the, and what people are trying to do in the world and what they're trying to do economically and financially and militarily in terms of their, their nationalism and their globalism, you're not going to pay attention to that. You're going to be so fixed on the Word of God, you're just going to keep on going from blessing to blessing. Amen? You'll be one walking around town with a big old smile on your face, and it won't be from happiness. 
deep-seated joy because God is doing more in your life. Come on, shout it out, more and more. So how's that happen? What's the foundation for a blessed new year? A choice. Whose choice? My choice and your choice. That's empowering for the person who says, you know what, I, I can do that. I can choose God's way. For people who just love to make excuses and play the victim, they don't like that. It's got to always be somebody else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was born a certain color, certain race, ethnicity, on a certain side of the tracks, educated or uneducated, it doesn't make any The Word of God is the great equalizer because the cross is the great equalizer. You can be as blessed as you want to be this year. But you can't do it looking around saying, well, I'm, the, I'm this way because of what they did. Are you hearing it? It's time for us to stop blaming everybody else for where we are. I know, but that's so much fun, Pastor. I love to do that. Gets me off the hook. What it does is it gets you out of the blessing. Now, I, I understand we are now in a culture where people almost worship trauma and almost worship counsel and almost worship, you know, years and years and years of therapy. Can I tell you something? The problem with that is the foundation of oftentimes that is nothing more than you being given permission to hold on to something that was done to you or said to you that was wrong. Nobody's justifying what was done to you or said to you that was wrong. What we're telling you is it's not worth the blessing. And I'm sorry, but no therapist is going to tell you that. I'm telling you, the body of Christ is absolutely in deep, deep need of people who are born again, spirit-filled, word of faith, tongue-talking counselors. And I believe in these last days, God's going to raise them up. And when somebody comes to them, they're going to give the word of God. And that person is going to say, well, you sound just like Pastor Art. Duh. Instead, we have a whole so-called Christian counselor today telling people to vent and to spread and to pull people into their circle of dysfunction. The Bible tells us that that root of bitterness does what? It springs up and it defiles many. We're supposed to be blessing people, not defiling people. We're supposed to be speaking blessing in the word over them, not throwing up on them. And so somebody goes in asking somebody who's a so-called counselor and they encourage them to live this way, to become a victim. You can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. No. Now, I haven't met anybody in the body of Christ yet that hasn't gone through something. <laughs> Did you know that everybody in this room has received the Judas kiss at one time or another? Every person here has been betrayed. By whom? By those closest to you. You have to have proximity and relationship or it's not a betrayal. I never went through a drive-thru and John said, you know what, that worker betrayed me. I don't know that person. <laughs> There's no connection there. I don't care. <laughs> Does that make sense? Say, everybody in this room has received the Judas kiss at one time or another. But everybody in this room at one time or another has given the Judas kiss. I hear some of y'all saying, come on. Some of you are saying, let's go. <laughs> I'm missing something on television. I'm hungry. 
Say it, I've given the Judas kiss. And I've received the Judas kiss. So what does that mean? It means there are times where you have had to be merciful and you have needed mercy yourself. Now, that's something I can get behind. The dispensing of the mercy on purpose to others because they're imperfect as we are. Now, that's the kind of counsel people should be giving. Not, well, you saw somebody's humanity and they hurt you. Now, make it a lifelong pursuit and identify with your trauma. We're supposed to identify with the one who delivered us from the trauma, not with the trauma. We don't identify with the sin or the sickness or the disease or the poverty or the bondage or the trauma. We identify with the one that set us free. You can't have both. You can have that or you can make the decision, the choice to align yourself up with the word of God. You can be free or you can be bound up. You can be blessed or you can be cursed, but you can't be both. Amen. Said, I choose. The blessing. the blessing. You've heard this scripture from Galatians 3 many times. God has redeemed us in order that the blessing of Abraham might what? Come to the Gentiles by faith. Jesus redeemed us by his blood. Cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. Yes, you have to first believe that redemption is true. Yes. Say it, I believe. I believe. And for those that have, that have not been around you know, maybe as much. Let the Lord minister to you your heart tonight about what classic redemption is. First and foremost, classic redemption is, is deliverance or redemption from spiritual death, separation from God. Not just your physical death, but spiritual death. Classical redemption involves your deliverance from sickness and disease. Do you know one day that you'll never have another issue physically? It's not a fallacy. Jesus, 500 people saw him alive. At the transfiguration, three of the choice apostles saw Moses and who else? Elijah. And they knew who they were. Moses died and was buried by the Lord himself, but absent from the body means Moses is with the Lord and the transfiguration proves that. We've been redeemed from spiritual death. We've also been redeemed from you know, sickness and disease. And third, classical redemption means you've been redeemed from poverty. That's how good your God is. Now, I've got to believe that. And I'm telling you that, well, Pastor, surely everybody believes that. No, there are, there are a lot of people uh, with a couple screws loose <laughs> that completely limit the blood of Jesus to forgiveness of sins. And that's it. Now, thank God they do that. Because if they didn't do that, they couldn't even enter into the kingdom of God. They couldn't be born again. But I want you to know that I don't believe in a limited atonement. Fact is, what Jesus did is not limited atonement at all. It's, amen, it's comprehensive expungement. There's not even a record against you anywhere. Only in your mind, in the minds of other people, and in the devil's mind, does your sin exist. It's not just the forgiveness of sins. It's every covenant benefit listed you find in Deuteronomy 28 and Psalm 103 and so many other covenant scriptures. If you find it there, that's part of what he died to give you. By his stripes you were healed. Yes, 
spiritually, but also physically and also materially. You can't separate them. Now you believe that or you don't. I'm a believer. I said I'm a believer. So what am I looking for this year? More spiritual life than I've ever had. More divine health than I've ever had. Amen. More increase in terms of the material things so I can do what God's called me to do than I've ever had before in Jesus' name. And only you know if your motive's right. Amen. And your heart's right. But the reality is we're blessed to be a blessing. We are redeemed to pass on that redemption. But hear me well. Don't ever think or let somebody influence you to think that salvation is limited just to forgiveness of sins. When he saved us, he saved us, body, soul, and spirit, every part of us. Say, I'm a believer. believer. Say it again. Say, I am a believer. believer. Well, if I'm a believer, and I think just, and redemption is just an example of the many good things God has done in our lives, and just some specific examples there. But uh, believing that is not enough to walk in it. I know that's painful to hear, but you know, sometimes I feel the same way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> sometimes y'all do, you just don't let it out. Come across a certain point in your sermon, ah! Shut up. <laughs> so let me tell you, don't score them around. We won't know it's you. Just sit there. Not yet. Yes, amen. That's good preacher. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's about Fred over there. It's not about me tonight. <laughs> Glory to God. To walk in that, I need to choose consistently in the direction of that redemption. And the direction of that redemption is always in step with the direction of His Word. And that's why it's, you know, we don't want to oversimplify things in terms of saying there's no warfare out there and, and, you know, there's no effort you have to put in in terms of renewing your mind, that kind of a thing, and walking with God in terms of the one thing and your personal devotional life and making sure you're renewing your mind. Because if you don't know what the Word says, you can't align yourself up with it. But understand this, that you consistently choosing to move in the direction of that redemption, you're going to see more of it manifest. And the longer you live on this earth, you should be seeing more of this manifest in your life. Now, I'm not going to tell you you're going to see 100% of this on this earth because you're not. You're not going to see the full glorification of your body until this thing's wrapped up. But you can certainly extend your life. Say it with long life. He'll satisfy me and then show me his salvation. Say it with me. Length of days, strength of days. So how about this? Maybe you thought you are going to live to be the 60 or 70, whatever it is. How about more years instead of less years for you? How about you change your thinking? How about you help other people change their thinking? I don't know about you, but we need some saints to hang around. It's a stupid generation. We need more of our saints to hang on longer. Paul made it very, very plain. You know what? A lot better for me to go. But it's a lot better for y'all that I stay a while longer. And that should be your mentality. Amen. Say, well, I'm at perfect peace. Well, there's nothing wrong with asking God for more. 
Um, if, if, you, if you hate preaching that emphasizes the power of El Shaddai to do more in your life, you're going to hate this year. <laughs> but if you love the God of I can do, amen, right. the God who's more than enough. And some of these areas won't necessarily be, you know, clappable. That may challenge you. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Praise the Lord. You're excited for a moment there. <laughs> Classic redemption and every other good benefit God has for us. Um, if we choose to consistently move in the direction and, and step with the Word of God, we're going to see more of that manifest in our lives. One of the first verses I ever learned and had explained to me, and it's, it's true today as it was when it was written, given by the prophet Hosea in chapter 4, verse 6, my people are what? I mean, there are a lot of things he could say are responsible for the destruction of his people. But he said, my people perish or are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So I need to know what it is I should be choosing, and I need to what? To choose what I found out to be true that I now know in terms of the things of God. Um, this isn't that kind of a year where you, uh, you know, stop your pursuit of revelation. Amen? Amen. Say it boldly. I refuse, I refuse to, be to be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And it's right here. Yep. We're blessed people. Yes, we Amen. Amen. So having a blessed prosperous and successful new year is a choice. Yep. Right? Big bold letters on a piece of paper in the margin of your Bible. Amen. The recesses of your heart. A blessed new year is my choice. Amen. Now that is important so for you to understand that it's up to you, but it's also for you to understand no one's going to stop me. Say so it. No one is going to stop me from having a blessed new year where I'm empowered by God, amen, in these different areas. No one. That needs to be your mindset. You take the responsibility. Say, I take responsibility. It's my choice. But it's also knowing, also having revelation that no one has the power to stop me but me. And I'm not going to tell you that somebody might not take a spiritual swing at you. But you're going to be like the old Energizer Bunny. For those of you under 30, that was a commercial. <laughs> and you put the Energizer battery in there and you keep going and going and going. Uh, if you're over 50, then you know that a Timex watch takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Some of y'all that are in your 20s are going, is there a commercial for me? Say, <laughs> so I take a licking. And keep on ticking. So then how can my blessed year be compromised only if I quit? That's it. What's going on? What's, what's the enemy trying to do? Why is he working against your mind? Working against your family? Working against your finances? Why is he popping up with all this junk to try to get you to quit? Say, it, I'm not a quitter. Say it like you mean, I refuse to quit. I cannot be defeated. And... I will, not quit. I will not quit. Did you hear that language? It is scripturally true. You can't be defeated. 
It's too late. You're already being led forth in triumph by the Lord every single day of your life. But there is the factor of whether you decide, notice again, it's a choice to quit. Amen? Glory to God. See, I refuse to quit. My blessed year is a choice. When you submit daily your life and will to God, notice what I said, your life and will to God. When you submit your life and will to God daily, when you submit your life and your will daily, when you submit your life and your will daily, you set yourself up for a prosperous and blessed new year. Yeah, I can say somebody got it over there. I know you're taking notes over there. When you submit, I didn't say if. I'm not going to put out that doubt word, not the conditional word. When you submit your will and your life daily, you set yourself up for the blessed new year. That means every day coming under the authority of the Lord, coming under His Word. And don't worry about six months from now. Make sure you do it tomorrow. Hour by hour. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. One of the dimensions of this is understanding that you not only got saved, you received the Lord. And you're not the Lord. A lot of Christians are defeated because they accepted Him as Savior, but never allowed Him to be Lord over their lives. He doesn't call the shots. You're a saved person still calling the shots. You were terrible at it before you got saved, and you've not improved any. So what is it about the salvation experience that you think now you're capable of calling the shots when you couldn't do anything before you got saved? No, He's got to be Lord and not just Savior. Because Bryce didn't get it the first 15 times, I'll say it one more time. (laughs) When you submit your life and will to God daily, you set yourself up for the blessed new year. Okay. Well, you're worth waiting for, bless God. So a couple of principles here on uh, uh, what to choose for a blessed new year. Number one, choose to serve the Lord as, as a choice. Joshua 24, 15, ask for me and my house. We will what? Isn't it a lot easier when the whole house is serving God on the same page? Yes. And even if that's not the case, you make sure you're one that's beating the drum to serve Him. Um, it's no longer us that live, but Christ who lives in us. Amen. Uh, we are sons and daughters by the new birth, but we're servants by choice. Say, I'm a servant of the Lord. Um, Bob Dylan, who, of course, was considered one of the greatest musical poets in, 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 a, in a really generation, um, at some point in his life, by his late 70s or so, he had a conversion experience to the Lord Jesus Christ. He put out, I believe, three albums. <laughs> Uh, we used to do one of his songs here, but uh, he he did the three, and then he stopped doing that. Rolling Stone magazine asked him, "Well, why did you only do 
three years and three albums. She said, well, Jesus only ministered three years. I'm like, bad theology, Bob. First of all, you're not Jesus. But, um, you know, it's some powerful stuff that God gave him. He wrote a song called I'm Saved, a powerful thing. We, we, we sang it here for years. But he wrote another one goes, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And there is no vacuum. Well, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to serve the devil or the Lord. That's not possible. See, there's the Lord and this huge camp of people, spirits, and idols. And behind them all is the devil. It is the Lord. Amen. Or it is everything else, which is you're serving someone else, whether you realize it or not. That's the biggest, uh, you know, delusion, I think, in the modern generation. I'm not serving God, but I'm not serving anybody else. Oh, yeah, you are. It just hasn't been revealed to you yet who you're actually serving. And uh, he'll manifest himself one day in your life. He'll make it clear who you've been serving. Because with the enemy, there's always the toll to pay. Amen. Jesus paid the price for us. Glory to God. Number two, choose to forget the past. Philippians 3.13, that's one thing I do, forgetting what, what? What's, What's behind? And I look forward to I press towards the mark of the high calling. Uh, you say, what does that mean? It means you make a conscious decision not to make the things you've been through determine what happens in the future. You've got a, a mark, you've got a, a goal here spiritually, and don't allow anything that's happened to you to, you know, to, to limit that or inhibit that, you know, forward motion in this year. Now, uh, cognitively, have you forgotten anything? How many have, how many can remember the worst wound you've ever received emotionally in your life? Can you remember that? Of course you can remember that. Cognitively. But we're talking about not giving that place leadership in your life, not giving that experience, authority in your life. Too many people do that and they wonder why they're so messed up. You went through it, but that's not how you're defined. Does that make sense? Physical trauma, emotional trauma, relational trauma. Uh, yeah, you can, you can cognitively remember just like God can cognitively remember. But what does he do on purpose and consciously? From the east is to the west. Does that make sense? And so what do you do? If you're going to choose life and blessing this year, you're going to focus not on what everybody did to you or said about you, how they hurt your little feelings, didn't shake your hand, amen, left you out. The Holy Ghost says there's some big time need for people to release folks in your own family that have not necessarily been all that nice to you. Well, that's shocking. Amen. One thing I do. You know, Paul had a lot of things to forget in terms of things probably done to him, but he did a whole mess of things to other people. Conspiracy to commit murder, murder, amen, rash judgment, misapplication of the very law that he was taught in. I won't get into it, but there are many cases where these guys violated the own law that they preached in their rest of judgment. Remember when Stephen was stoned early in the church? They put their cloaks down where? Mm -hmm. There he is, consenting with his authority to what is going on. Stephen, martyred at the hand and authority of the Apostle Paul. When I think about his thorn, first of all, if someone taught you that Paul's thorn was physical, they didn't tell you the truth. 
It never has been, never will be physical. I'm not saying that he from time to time didn't have a physical battle. That's not the point. But the thorn is specifically in scripture is an angelos. It's a messenger of Satan. And you want to know what I believe he was doing? Constantly reminding Paul about what he did before he was converted. Who are you to preach? Who are you to lead? Who are you to plant churches? Remember what you did to Stephen and so many countless others, not just him. And some of you have that same problem. Well, guess what? This one thing. Say, this one thing. I do. You're going to receive God's forgiveness. You're going to receive His mercy. And you're going to let everybody else off the hook as well. You're not dragging that junk into the new year with you. I said, you're not dragging that junk into the new year with you. It only exists in the devil's mind into carnal people's minds. It should not be in your heart, in your mind, in your meditation. There's so many good things to fill up your heart and mind with this year. So many powerful things to receive from God. There's no room for what you did. There's no room for what they did to you. Only the good things of God. Amen. Number three, choose to love intentionally. The greatest of these, 1 Corinthians 13 says, is the most powerful of spiritual forces is you walk in love. You walk in covenant kindness towards everyone. Every day, decide you're going to be a blessing. If you're going to be a blessed person, you have to walk around with a blessing mindset. Who can I bless today? Who can I give you know covenant kindness to today? This was just eating David up. He was so longing to show covenant kindness to somebody left in the household of Saul. And his attendants and his servants found Mephibosheth. And he lavished him with all the grace and mercy he could. Restore the lands of his grandfather to him. All the money. Made his servants farm his land and give him the food, the money from that food. I mean, that was one blessed man. Yes. That's our mindset. Get up tomorrow. Who can I show covenant kindness to on your behalf, Father? Who can I be kind to today? It's not just, well, forgiving when you've been hurt. That's part of it. It's not staying out of strife. That's a big one. Let me make an announcement to you, okay? If you're confused about this, if you're in strife, you're not going to have a blessed new year. That's right. Well, I'm going to be in strife and have the blessing. You can't. They don't travel together. Strife, offense. There are some people that are masters of this, and there are some Christian circles that teach wallow in it. No, you know, I'm going to wallow in the blessing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wallow in the more, amen, this year. I'm not going to wallow in what happened or what they did or what they didn't do. Limited time left. You know, I'm going I'm to be on the increase. I want to be on the upward mobility. Amen. I want to be trajectory that's going up in God, not stagnant. But love is not just staying out of strife, and it's not just forgiving people, you know, when they blow it. It's actually actively looking for who you can be a person to bestow covenant kindness upon and just actually let God use you and let God, you know, flow through you. And it's not always a money thing. It's not always a substance thing. You'd be amazed how powerful a few words out of your mouth prompted by the Holy Ghost can be in somebody's heart in a given situation. And there is no amount of money that can buy something like that. It came out of the Spirit through you, and it blessed. And you say, well, well, I know about it. You may never even know how big of a blessing it was to somebody. And that may help you out here. Um, don't be looking for results. Just be looking for obedience. There are some people, when they don't get the response they're looking for, they get all put out. 
Well, I'm not going to have covenant kindness anymore. Those ungrateful people, bless God, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> You're missing the whole point. Covenant kindness isn't looking for a thank you. And should we be grateful people? Yes, is it all that hard to say thank you for a kindness given? No, it's not. Not only is it a proper social etiquette, we taught you the entire month on the power of gratitude. It propels you into more God has for you. But when it comes to giving covenant kindness, you're not always going to get the response you're looking for. David goes through all this trouble to get Mephibosheth at the table. You would think that Mephibosheth, you know, if he was able to jump up for joy, he would have, but he couldn't. But you would think he would just be grinning from ear to ear and thrilled. Instead, he says to David, what do you want with a dog like me? Unfortunately, that's what you get sometimes when you give covenant kindness out. You did it as unto the Lord because you were prompted, not because Mephibosheth had the right response. I know some Mephibosheths. And you probably do too. And no matter what's done for them, they're still belligerent and grumpy and mean and vindictive and honorary. That's not on you. Amen. What's on you is to actively choose to love. Amen. It is forgiveness. It is staying out of strife and out of offense. But it's also being that blessing wherever you go. People will look at you and say, here comes that two-legged blessing down the street. Glory to God. You know, Peter was operating with such power and anointing that they literally would put the people in the path of his shadow. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, there goes that man with the blessing. I'm going to get in his proximity to receive something. I'll tell you what, that's how you want to be. Now, oh dear God, here comes sister so-and-so, hide. (laughs) Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, when you give love, when you give covenant kindness, don't expect a proper response. That's not why you did it. You did it because the king commissioned you to display covenant kindness. Number four, choose to walk in faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, 1 John 5, 4, even our believing God, it is the victory. There's no way to have a blessed new year and stay in victory without faith, which means what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, saturating, immersing yourself in the Word of God and living this out four times. The Scripture says the just shall live by faith. There is no shortcut here. There's no way that you're going to walk around choosing right, thinking right, acting right. There's no way you're going to be responding right when you're not operating in faith. Now, you've been taught and trained about the principles of walking by faith. In in this context, you can't disconnect walking by faith with the blessing. They they go together. Does that make sense? Say it with me. I walk in faith. Say, I love intentionally. I choose to forget the past. I choose to serve the Lord. Amen. I'm not looking for a happy new year. I'm looking for a blessed new year. Say, I'm looking for a blessed new year. And guess what? Oh, I'm hoping and pray that happens, Pastor. I sure hoping and pray that I have a blessed new year. You missed the whole point. The point is, it's your choice. Your choice. Choose wisely. 
Amen. Choose based on what you've heard. Amen. To align with the word and not your emotions, not the opinions of people and not the pressure that you're under. Let me say it one more time before we pray and, and release you here in a little bit after the offering. What we're saying is when you're making a, a, a particularly when you're making a life changing decision, separate yourself from the pressure. Put the pressure over here and say, you're just fine by yourself. I don't need this on top of my head. And come over here where the word is. And what does the word say to do? And you may be shocked to find out that the word may send you in a diametrically opposite direction than the pressure is trying to send you. And oftentimes, I know this from experience, when pressure is saying, move, get up and go, handle this yourself, react, take the bull by the horns, blah, 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 all this other American independent kind of thinking. You know what God will say? Sit. Shut up. Don't move. Be still and know that I am God. We didn't get to it tonight in this teaching, but one of the principles of the, of the blessed new year is that you are a stable, fixed, established person. Blessed people are like that. They're not easily moved. Like Paul, say this with me, none of these things move me. Some of us are moved by the lightest breeze. The lightest change in circumstances and we're moved. I'll say it. None of these things move me. And part of what Paul was talking about when he said that were the opinions of people and the upcoming pressures and persecution he was going to face. But you know what he said? None of these things move me. Sometimes what God is telling you to do is just be established and fixed. The emotions rule people just, they're here, they're there, they're over there, they're up, they're down, they're flaking, they're in, they're out. And until they get a revelation of this and make a quality decision to do it God's way, once you get into that habit, it is very hard to break. I've, I labeled it before and wrote a blog about it. It's called the itch. Getting the itch, got to go. Got the itch, got to make a decision, got to handle this. It has nothing to do with the will of God. And they wonder why they're not really living the blessed life which should come as no shock to anybody in this room. God has, has not anointed your itch to lead you. That's not how he does it. Does that make sense? Not flesh, not itch, not persecution, not emotion, not pressure. You find the wisdom of God in his word and you stick to it. No matter what you see or feel or hear or have somebody else say, you stick to it. You will never go wrong putting both feet down on the word of God. You'll be nothing less than blessed. Say it. The blessing is on my life right now. Say it. I'm blessed. I'm supposed to be blessed. Say it. I am blessed of God. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm having a blessed new year. Not a happy new year. Amen. And whose choice is it? Whose choice is it? <laughs> it is mine. Say, it's my, my choice. Glory to God. Now, how many are going to believe God for the more? Amen. Glory to God. And uh, a lot of people have been through a lot of things, but uh, you're still pressing in. Amen. 
you don't always uh, hear this yourself, I think, in the Spirit. Sometimes we're not listening very uh, carefully, and sometimes we're just so convinced or just consumed with everything that's happened. Um, God is thoroughly impressed with people who get run over and don't quit. You have no idea about His perspective of people who go through it and won't quit. Now that, I've been here long enough that I could say this with authority and with a force of certainty. There are a lot of people even in this room, that's exactly your story. And if that's the case, God loves to bless people who got ran over and just wouldn't quit. Well, it seems to me you're going to have a blessed new year. You're going to have a wonderful year. God's going to show up and show out and show you that this is how I feel about people who won't quit. You don't see any celebration in Scripture over people who are quitters. Amen? There are no celebrated examples in Scripture of the one that quit. But you will find many cases where people are celebrated for what? For not quitting. Turn to somebody and smile and say, I'm not a quitter. I'm having a blessed new year. Say the blessed new year in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive this tonight? Lord, God, give him a hand clap and thank him for it.